Welcome back to Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. My name is Neil, your host, and we're starting part two of a multi-part podcast when we're sitting down with Jim Maslowski, Leadership Ninja, to give us some insight into leadership. And if you missed our last podcast, you need to go back and listen to it, because Jim, you brought some really incredible uh, reorientation of the way that we think and evaluate leadership, because at the core of all leadership, at the core of the purpose of the leadership you're saying it's not necessarily Christian or not Christian or biblical or not biblical, but the purpose of that leadership determines our way to evaluate that. And that that purpose and the way that we evaluate is whether that leadership is doing, what did you say last time? That it is... It is servant... Servant leadership. Servant leadership uh, where you're gathering, identifying and gathering power for the sake of benefiting others and... Giving glory to God in the process. It's giving glory to God is a thing that I listened to that just really reminded me of that because, you know, I, I don't know if you agree with this definition or not. You may not, and that's okay. You can feel free to disagree. But sometimes I, I, as a leader, I was worried about where is that line between leadership and manipulation? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I can get people to do something just through my power or authority or just the the, right. the, the fear that the guilt or whatever we can positional produce. authority all kinds of ways we can do that and I always tried to wrestle in my head that if I'm doing something if my leadership that I'm providing for them is for their benefit if it's good for them to do that then to me that was at least some definition of good leadership. Right. But if I was getting them to do the, that particular thing for my benefit, then I would consider that not good leadership, right. and that's manipulation. You push even further past that to say, ultimately, the purpose of power, whether you use it corruptly or correctly, is ultimately to point to the glory of God. Absolutely. And last time you gave us a definition yeah. of what leadership is, and you've got a framework that you've been working on, so I'm eager to hear about this framework. Remind us of what that, that definition is, not of leadership, but how this right. framework goes together, because you're talking about glorifying but God yeah. being at the peace at the core of it. Yeah, so the, the working definition that, that, that I use as I'm leading through all this is glorifying God by developing joyful, passionate multipliers for Jesus through radical trust in His power, not ours. Okay. Right? And so that's... That's a different, we can get into that uh, deeper at some point as we go through this, but there's a framework um, that I use uh, that helps me stay focused on the things that I need to be staying focused on as a leader of an organization. Okay. And, any, and, any organization, you're saying? Any organization, so no, matter, no matter what size, okay. no matter what size or what purpose. Okay. An organization is a collection of people who are moving forward together for some purpose. Okay. Right? And, and to keep that on track so that it becomes thriving and it becomes an environment where everybody uh, gets to serve and grow and, and do this together, uh, the, they have uh, things they expect of a leader, okay. whether they can articulate that or not. The ones that have gathered around. The ones that have gathered around and the ones that are in the leadership position. Themselves. If they're, they're going to thrive, okay. it's easy to get distracted okay. as a leader. Uh, there's crises that come all the time, throw us off track. And so this framework is literally uh, what I use. And I, I, I work with leaders to say, here's a framework, 
get to know this really well because okay. it will keep you on track. And so that's whether I'm leading a church, that's whether I'm leading my family, that's reason, whether I'm leading a business, that's whether I'm yes. the quarterback in the huddle on the football field. These are some frameworks that are going to be usable in any environment that we have. Any environment. And ultimately, the goal for us as followers of Christ is to make sure that as we apply those principles, that we're giving glory and honor to Him and acknowledgement for Him for all the things, good or bad, that happen in the middle. Right. Of that. And so this this okay. framework, I, I put it, got it, I put it in the shape of a, a pyramid or an arrow okay. that points to the heavens. Hey, that sounds good. Because that's what reminds me. This is ultimately about His glory, okay. about making Him famous about making him non-ignorable to a watching world. Mm. So if I'm a third grade teacher trying to figure out how do I communicate the gospel without having to yes. use words, or if I'm in, in, you know, a high school kid, these are ways to do that. Yes. Okay, teach us. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, the, there's four levels to this framework. Um, okay. The foundational level is relational. The next level is operational. The third level is systematic. And the fourth level is strategic. So the very bottom of the pyramid. Bottom of the pyramid. The biggest, widest piece. Biggest, widest re- piece. Relational, because well, you're going to probably tell us that relationships are probably relatively important. To relational leadership is the first level. It's not in, uh, and, and maybe the most important letter level, because if you don't build there, you can't build to the others, maybe. So actually don't give any of these more importance okay, so than Okay, so not more importance, it's just the, the, the order that we go build in. They build on each other, They build on each other. And so they start at, the, at a... Uh, a introductory level and move into a more advanced level. Okay, all but right. They, they don't carry any more weight. Okay, because you got to do all of them. You, and you have to keep doing all of oh, them. See, I'm always trying to find which one's the most important so I can skip all the other things. That's not an option for you this, You have to it? think about this. I don't know if you remember a slinky. I um, am old enough to remember a slinky, But, yes. you know, the slinky is just this coil that keeps going up. And yeah. really, you spiral through these four levels of leadership eternally. Really? And the organization, if you do that, the organization continues to grow and thrive into the future. But you're a leader is just simply spiraling through all four of these levels of leadership always. So I can't just, hey, on Monday I'll take care of relational work, and then Tuesdays it'll be operational, and then Thursdays as systemic, and then for Friday strategic, and then I'm done. I've got to do this constantly, so I need to pay attention to this. So back on the bottom of the pyramid, the bottom of the pyramid... In fact, if you're drawing this pyramid, unless you're driving when you're hearing us, but if you're going to draw the pyramid, relational on the bottom, and then just like the shape of a pyramid, kind of like a triangle, you're saying operational is next. Is next, And then what's after that? Systematic. Systematic. And at the very top? Strategic. Strategic. And, and, and so as you kind of develop this as process through, is there a, are any one of these phases harder than the other? Are you going to say it's going to, they're just as hard, going to take much energy and effort and and we've got, but it doesn't really matter at this point because we've got to get through the relational leadership is probably yeah. what you're going to say, isn't it? Yeah, and you have to know that no one is good at all of these. Okay, that's good to know. None of us, and as leaders, well, we, we just have to know that these are what are necessary. Okay. Because, and again, the goal of being a good leader is not getting better and better at doing more and more. That is a worldly Say that again, because I think I've been confused by what the world has said, because I thought I was supposed to do more and more and be better and better. That's, that's what the world is telling us. Okay. Um, you, to be a good leader, you need to learn to do more and more, and you need to get better and better at it. Okay. In the kingdom of God, uh, maturity in leadership means becoming more and more dependent on God's resources and His power 
and his greatness and less and less confident in our own ability. That's a fundamental shift. That's an incredible shift. What we talk about, and you've already said that with the definition or the, the goal of glorifying God by developing joyful, passionate multipliers for Jesus through radical trust in his power yeah. and not ours. So th- this is going to be troubling for some of us who like to perform at a high level and who are moderately good at what we do, and yeah. we avoid the things we're not good at. That's kind of one of my flaws, that if I'm not good at it, I avoid it. Yeah. And there's some real growth in that area, potentially. Yeah. But this is becoming uncomfortable for me because I'm thinking about myself. So <laughs> let's go back, Jim, to something that's just on the paper there, the relational aspect of leadership. Okay. So you're saying we're not supposed to necessarily get better and better so we can do more and more and more, but we're becoming more and more dependent upon him and his resources in order to produce what he's asked us to produce, which is right. disciples, which is something we can't really do by ourselves anyway. No. So our ability to love comes from the Lord in the first place. Okay. And the first thing to acknowledge is, if I have any ability to have love and compassion for somebody else, I got that from the Lord. I didn't come up with that on my own. Mm. On my own, without his spirit, without his presence, I'm going to be a selfish, egotistical person. Mm. So when I find myself loving and caring for somebody else, that is a gift from God. And we can only take it in a humility way. Because the first level of leadership, relational leadership, people follow you because of the way they're treated. That's, that's what you mean when you talk about relational that's leadership. That's what we talk about relational leadership. Okay. People begin to follow you because of the way they're treated. They might not be able to remember what you say or what you do, but they will remember how you make them feel. And a leader begins by becoming a leader, uh, earning that kind of authority because they love people for who they are. And they invite them in. There's just relational competency there. And and that's true for people who are followers of Jesus Christ and people who are not followers of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Some of the most hospitable people I've run into have been not followers of Christ. And some of the most inhospitable people I've ever found have been in church every Sunday morning. Absolutely. So that's going to take some more unpacking as we continue this conversation, because there are some common gifts that we all get that maybe we should celebrate a little bit more. But I think it goes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's It's ultimately, who are you doing this this for? for? So relational leadership, and, and to get really started in any leadership role, any organization, you would expect some kind of relational responsibility and interaction, and you have some kind of acknowledgement of liking me, following me, trusting me, because I'm treating you in a certain way. Right. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes we have to follow people who don't treat us a certain way, but I guess they do because they're at least paying us a paycheck, whether they're nice to us at work or not. So you would even include that as probably the part of the category, right? Yeah, There's absolutely. something they're doing to us that we keep going back for, and it may right. be a check. Maybe mm-hmm. the only thing. And this, so this level of leadership, mm-hmm. there's actually four arenas oh, really? of relational leadership. Because first, there's self-leadership. You have to be self-aware okay. to be able to, to care and love for other people. Right? So okay. there's self-awareness, self-leadership. Then there's one-on-one, the arena of one-on-one okay. leadership. Right. So this is where I relate to another person. Okay. That, that requires other awareness, what we call relational intelligence. 
not only can you recognize the emotions and what's going on in yourself and you can control that, you're also able to see what's going on in another person and and relate to that and and interact with that. That's sure. one of them. So understanding the language they're speaking to me, picking up on verbal cues or yeah. nonverbal cues, actually, and arms crossed, those kinds of things. There's some awareness there. Absolutely. Okay. Then so there's then there's group or team leadership, right? Okay. That applies in a in a family or a small group or a team, okay. um, where you're leading relationally in the arena of more people. Where not only are you aware of yourself and you know how to relate to individuals, you also know how to help individuals, a group of individuals trust each other okay relate to each other and okay. and how to how to lead through that how to do that so that's and then there's the organizational arena that's when you're when you're leading teams of teams or groups of groups right so all that's a that's all bundled up in that relational leadership wow and there's some different skill sets in yes. in each side inside yeah. of each one of those absolutely and uh, do you think those are? Do you think some people are naturally more gifted in those areas? Yeah, of sure. Knowing that? I think, and here's this. I think this is uh, something that should humble us all. Okay. Um, no matter who we are, no matter how uh, inept we are at relationships, or how good we are at relationships, God gifts us all differently. And we talked about this earlier about the common grace. God is giving good gifts, mm. not just to His people. Mm. He is giving good gifts to everyone. He created human beings, right? So there's this common grace outside of the conversation of, are you regenerated or not? Are you saved or lost? Are you a believer or an unbeliever? God is is giving good gifts to his world, to all. The sun shines on everyone. The rain falls on the good and the bad. And God gives gifts to all of us. And so even in a secular world, we see people who are gifted and talented at relationships. And what we should do when we see that is praise our God in heaven mm-hmm. that, that he does that, that he's that gracious mm-hmm. to any of us, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if we're people who struggle relationally, we need to saddle up to people that don't and learn from them. So we can learn. We can learn. You All can... of us can learn. Now, we don't have to. We don't want to get in a place where I need to get as good at relationships as Absolutely. you are. Absolutely, sure, sure. There's some of us in leadership positions that are what we call professional extroverts. Mm. We are terrible relationally. Okay. We struggle. It takes lots of energy for us to lead people in this area, but we work at it because there are other things that work in us that we, we understand we're a leader and we know this is necessary. And we don't do it because we just lean in. That's our strength. We love it. We do it because we know it has to be done. So, for instance, in church, sometimes I am more of an introvert than an extrovert, and I kind of grew up sometimes in environments where the pastor was the big extrovert in the room, and he's shaking everybody's hand and slapping everybody's back and and having a great time with everybody. And I always found that very difficult to do for me because I had that perception, and what I came to discover over time, I don't have to do that but I have to do something to acknowledge relationally a piece of that. And so I had to learn some of those skills. But you're saying there's other levels of leadership. And so if I'm not the most personable person, that that doesn't mean I can't be a leader. I've got to learn some skills. But there's also other ways to lead besides just that. At least that's what I'm hoping you're Absolutely. saying, Jim, to give me some hope here. Yeah. In this. So that's, well, I think that's the beautiful thing of this. I 
Like, um, I've been hired by pastors who are uh, professional extroverts. They just, just, they struggle with relationships. Now, they know they have to do it, but they do it for a while. And then they get to a place where they got to hire somebody, bring somebody on their team that can love people better than they do. Because one of my strengths is relational. I, I just love people. I love right. to love people, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, discovered that early on, even before I was saved. That was a part of my my mix of strengths, to say. Um, and so I, I'm a guy you can bring along, and I'll love people. I'll make people feel loved. They will feel treated really well. Mm. Now, there's a lot of things I don't do well at all. Right, well, sure, <laughs> right? sure. Um, but, man, to come alongside a leader like that, that's a role that I have played quite a bit. Which I think is important to think about because you may or may not be gifted in evangelism, but you're still required to love people. to be evangelistic, Absolutely. to love people. You, you can't just say, well, Lord, I'm not very good at telling people about you, so I can't do that. Yeah. And the same way relationally. And so I think sometimes there may be somebody listening who goes, you know what, I need to put a little more energy yes. and effort into that relational leadership. And other people are sitting there going, okay, why are you guys talking about that? It's so easy. All you got to do is do so right. and so. And so I'm eager to find out these other steps because what we're talking about here is how to provide leadership, which is to do good for other people with the power that you have but for the glory and the honor of God. And yeah. so Jim Islosky is helping us go through this. We've got a four-level pyramid, and we've gotten through level one after two sessions. And so next time, we'll gather, and we'll try to figure out what that next level is and continue to help us through this. Jim, thanks for joining us here on the Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. 